Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Episode 74 of the Skeptic Wire for the week of and the day of the 5th of September 2012. I'm your host, Gary Lawn, and with me is Greg Perrine. <laughs> and also Donald Swafford. <laughs> and everyone's awake and laughing. Yay! Just one of these days, you're actually going to write down an introduction so you don't trip over yourself. I totally didn't trip. <laughs> no, no one saw me trip. You tripped over your tongue, and no, no, it was Got perfectly tongue-tied. So, how was everybody's week? Mine's been busy. Donna doesn't want to talk about her week. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about my week. Greg doesn't want to talk about his week. All right, that's great. How is your week at home, dear people, listener? People of the podcast land. <laughs> I don't know that they're dear. Sweetums, sweetheart, baby, what? How about you, sexy? <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you. You on the couch, in the bed, driving the car. <laughs> what was the line from Big Bang Theory? I'm going to rock your world and make you spark electric. <laughs> make you sparkle like a vampire? I, nope, I haven't heard that one. Okay. All right. So what we have for birthdays? <laughs> so today is September 5th, and does any of you know who John Paul Rosenberg was? He was the fifth Beatle. <laughs> no. But he was named after them. Except for he the was, Rosenberg. He was a... Born 1935. He was oh. a famous Supreme Court Justice. He was the last... Pope! Uh, he was the last Pope! No, no, that was John Paul George Ringo. Rosenberg was a Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Jewish I'm just Pope? <laughs> um, was he the Jesus last... Jesus was Jewish. The last Castrato? No. Uh, well, okay, let me give you one hint that isn't really helpful at all. Um, he changed his name to Werner Hans Erhard after he left his first wife and children. Oh, uh, he's a physicist, right? Nope. Why, why do I know that name? Uh, besides the fact that it's un- <laughs> written in front of me. It's pretty much I was going to go. That was kind of the whole reason. Well, no, he, I, he was reading some, some articles of, I think you about it, right? economics guy uh, Ludwig Erhard, but also was reading um, articles about Werner Heisenberg, and so he changed his name to Werner Erhard. Right. Who was he? Who was he? He was um, a guy in the uh, early 70s who... Um, came up with um, one of the original kind of self-help movement seminar type things called the EST training, or EST training, and that stood for Erhard Seminars Training. Um, I guess, <laughs> oh, damn it, it's like one of those things like saying ATM machine. ATM. Yeah. I'm a teller machine machine. Gotcha. Um, basically, he lived his early life, uh, like I said, he had a couple kids with a first wife and just was unsatisfied with his life and up and left. 
changed his name, married someone new. Ah, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Back uh, before they could track you on the internet. <laughs> and, you know, basically his first wife was re- had to just live off of welfare and everything sucked. Um, but he went off and started working as a, a salesperson. He was pretty good at the salesperson thing and was going around. Um, he started reading books and was going to little meetings about you know philosophy and, and Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. And was reading books from people like Napoleon Hill or Maxwell Maltz. And um, with books like Psycho-Cybernetics, was- Think, uh, Think and Grow Rich. So very kind of self-help books. Secrety kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. secrety, hug myself and it'll all be better. And yeah, he also uh, read a lot and was very influenced by a certain L. Ron Hubbard from Scientology fame, which we'll come back to in a second. And eventually in the early 70s, he didn't want to be a salesperson anymore and came up with this self-help seminar thing called Kind of like L. Ron Hubbard didn't really want to be an author anymore and just wanted to be a deity. And and, and apparently he was thinking of making um, the EST type thing a non-profit kind of along the lines of what L. Ron Hubbard did, (laughs) turning it into a religion eventually. But he decided to actually be an honest person and go for strictly for the profit motive. It was an actual business. It wasn't hidden or anything, but he would throw these day-long seminars where from 6 a.m. to midnight, there was one meal, you had regular, you, you had scheduled bathroom times where you couldn't kind of go off on your own, and the people would come up on so stage and be berated and, and have to kind of learn the lessons of Buddhism that, you know, it's just life is going to get you down, you have to keep strong and all this kind of stuff. A lot of self-helpy jargon that has influenced a lot of people. Cool. So, so he can be proud of having done that. Sure. Um, and in in the eighties, he switched over from this EST training to something called the Forum, which was essentially the same thing, but just kind of kept building on the same self help topics. And a lot of the jargon he used is still used today. Can you can you name some some of the jargon? First of all, the EST it stood for Earhart Seminars Training, but they also talked about it being Latin for it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Or a contraction of established. And after all the berations on stage and a day-long seminar where they weren't allowed to eat much or smoke or drink or anything. It sounds like for, what's his it's name a, it's in, starts, the, in the Arizona desert. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Starts, it started standing for uh, air heart sucks titties. Uh, no. we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, not really, but anyway. Um... It, it was always talking about, have you gotten it? That was the actual quote. At the end of the seminar, did <laughs> you get it? it? Ah. Really kind of emphasizing the it and being very vague about what the hell it was and what you were actually supposed to get out of the seminar. Uh, but here's, here's one quote about what the purpose of these seminars was. <laughs> yes. To transform one's ability to experience living so that the situations one has been trying to change or had been putting up with clear up just in the process of life itself. So why do you need the seminar? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They talk about true enlightenment is oh, no true enlightenment. True enlightenment is it's knowing the no you are true a enlightenment fallacy. Yes, <laughs> what is is and what ain't ain't. So it's a kind of like that. Those, so it's a, it's a you know the southern version of philosophy. That um, <laughs> you know that the the mentor character from I the movie Mystery Men. 
who would just give these platitudes that yeah. was just the words reversed the upon itself. Yes. Thank yeah. you. I love that movie. It's a lot of that kind of, you know, if you don't get it, then it gets you or something like that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that just kind of jar- jargon and he worked with people who were involved in things called the, the, what the, what's the up with people moment or something? Oh, like. sure. Up with people. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a. Yeah. They did an interesting. Actually, there was something no, no, on I'm, NPR I'm, the other day. I'm, I'm joking about the Upwood people. It's, oh. it's like the New Potential movement or something like that. Oh, which is what who, a lot of these self-help things kind of came out of. So what? They're elect- electricians. <laughs> <laughs> I also think of that uh, Steve Martin film Bowfinger, <laughs> where the Eddie Murphy character is part of this kind of culty group, and it's called Mindhead. Huh. So it's it's a lot of that kind of stuff. But um, apparently. In the early 90s, he eventually sold off his whole business about um, doing the self-help training and sold off all his intellectual property and technology, whatever the heck that was, to people who had worked for him for this Est group. And they went off and sold this, uh, started this old, their own company. But around the same time, the 60 Minutes program on ABC did this whole expose on him where apparently he was being accused by um, his daughters and also associates of sexual abuse, incest, physical abuse, and was also um, accused of being tax evader. So I can't believe people evade taxes. Don't they know that that's how they got the (laughs) Al Al Capones of the world? (laughs) Well, we're not talking about Mitt Romney right now. We're talking about... Oh, Oh, totally went there. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. It turned out that basically those claims were actually retracted soon thereafter because the daughter thought she was going to get a book deal out of it and... (laughs) The the reporter exaggerated some stuff, and it actually comes back around to Scientology because a lot of the people who are part of the Est movement accused the Scientology group of stealing their thunder. of using you know the kind of the techniques they'll use where they'll um, save up a lot of cr- incriminating evidence on you because uh. a lot of people who worked with Est um, also went over to Scientology later on, so they had dirt on him. Uh. Oh. So there's a That's big kind cool. of yeah thing there, but now he's he's still alive. He's retired. He's like has some Cayman Islands house or something like that, and occasionally Built on the backs of all the people who signed yeah. on to his. Essentially, he would give these big seminars, but that's all he made his money on. He didn't sell books. I mean, he 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 did some lecturing, and there were some books, but you you didn't go to these these seminars just to buy books. He actually would basically have the seminar. You pay your Hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, well, you'd have whatever. To. I mean, you're paying for a seminar, so he has to get up there and say something. Right, but a lot of self-help people will bring you to the seminar and say, now to get really what you need out of the seminar, uh, yeah. you need to buy $1,000 worth of my books. Sure. But he apparently didn't do that. So he's not horrible. He was kind of... <laughs> no, he was picking and choosing pop psychology and Zen Buddhism and little bits here and there of what he thought was interesting. And kind of made this kind of self-help, everybody's good, you can do it kind of stuff. So he's not horrible, but it's an interesting skeptical angle because self-help is problematic at best, but also there's that Scientology angle of the weird kind of we hate psychology and they're, they're pulling up the dirt on him because they don't like him and there's this... 
It's sexy. Well, all all new religions have to destroy the religion of the the predecessor. Yeah, but they kind of grew up around the same time. Still have to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, Werner Erhard, and he was born today, September fifth, in nineteen thirty-five, I believe. Yeah. But think about killing religions. It appears that uh, we had a religious leader die recently. The Reverend Sunyamun. Oh, I thought you were talking about Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, not I'm really still very sad leader. about that. Actually, that that actually yeah. really. I have me. I have been occasionally accused of being all platitudey and saying, "Well, you know, he was old and he lived a full, rich <laughs> life and kind of." No, I can't, no, I can't believe that anybody would say that. <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan was only like 52, 54 yeah. years old, and yeah, he had some heart problems. He was a big guy, so he probably had some kind of issues well, like that. but well, Part of the issue was is that he'd had a massive heart attack in July and he'd actually never left the hospital. Oh, shit. Okay. That I didn't hear. Yeah. Um, and what... I mean, mind you, this is just me postulating and not really sure, so... Um, is, is that he actually... Um, that heart attack was worse than what was let out. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, Reverend Song Al Moon. Yes. Uh, Dunn killed over. Now he he was ninety two. Yeah, so he, he lived was, a long he life. He lived a long life, <laughs> but he was an idiot. He started this unification church thing and was all about and the Washington Times. Yeah, he was all kind of sure. big conservative and involved in American politics and publishing and stuff. So yeah, I don't. I, I I'm not shedding any tears over him. No. One because he's old, and two because he's a dick. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the five to seven million members worldwide, of which 100,000 are actually real, possibly, uh, are are fairly upset about that. Does and he have a Does he have a son that's going to? He take has over? children, and I've seen a couple headlines here or there because I really haven't cared, so I haven't read about it much. But apparently, he has children, and they're and he named one Moon, so it's just be uh, Reverend Reverend Moon Moon Moon. <laughs> No, just that there who, like, might be some infighting ab- amongst them about who really gets to um, carry on the tradition of the unification church, which is going to be kind some, of... Y- some young Chiquita Banana and, <laughs> so, well, I, and, and uh, some young guy. I just find it <laughs> ironic that the, there are these siblings, these brothers and sisters, who are probably going to break up the unification church. Mm. And then yes, it's going to be kind of this whole, like... Sharia, Sunni, kind of Catholic, Protestant, splitters, you know, Orthodox reform <laughs> no, kind of slumpers. stuff. We'll have the we'll have the first Unification Church, and then we'll have the uh, Unification Vacation Church of, of Southern Southern Texas. We're no, the, the unification. first Unification Church, and then the Unification of First Church. <laughs> And Unification First or Die Church, which is the more militant wing. Or we're really more unified than you are, church. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we're so unified that we've all merged into one big organic glob of people. Church of the Blessed Unification. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also the Church of Unified String Theory. That they, they, oh, sciency. Yeah, which and, is also you know that's a uh, part of the uh, flying spaghetti monster. There you go. We managed to tie Reverend Sun Young Moon to the flying spaghetti monster. Right, and bacon is good in spaghetti, and therefore we can. Uh, and there's a guy named uh, Kevin Bacon, and therefore we can tie Sun Young Moon to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Although yeah. I think that's more than six degrees. <laughs> no, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah. 
Anyway. I'm so, so proud of us. <laughs> so, Auf Wiedersehen, Mr. Moon. Yes. You know, go... Auf Wiedersehen, Reverend Moon. Go yeah, feed whatever. worms, please. <laughs> I, he is not revered in in my circles. And neither am I, but I'm just yeah. being a bitch. So. Ah, well, you you're the only one here who's ordained in any sort of way, shape, or form. I actually ordained twice now. Ew. One is the Church of Secular Humanism, so... Okay. Okay. Which is really weird, but... So, speaking of being a little stupid... <laughs> Are we talking about a I'm certain, taller than all of you. A certain oh, no. city department <laughs> here in San Antonio? Because I can rail about okay, that okay. for Down, hours. Donna. It's okay. Breathe. <sighs> you know what? No, I don't want to breathe. I, I'm rather enjoying my anger. Use a, one of those ordinations that you're so proud of to calm yourself down. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I've lost control. You I never, never had control in the first place. You can't handle control! And besides, I'm one of those uppity women, so... Yeah, get over it. Want to go into that one? No? I'm just... I got told I was uppity today. But I you know where your place it. is. I mean, you have an address and a way <laughs> exactly. to get there. Your place is an equal member of this podcast team. And apparently right now to scratch my dog's head because she's getting really insistent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Speak about stupid little people? Speak, no, no. I mean, what? <laughs> I was a little stupid. Oh. So. How so, Greg? Okay, so every once in a while, as in every five minutes, one of your friends on Facebook posts a little picture or a meme or a graph or, or political quote Bill or something like that. swearing at somebody. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I rather enjoyed that, though. I, I generally have this policy, as much as I may agree with certain, say, political-leaning posts, since I don't know the math, I don't know the story behind maybe certain graphs. Two plus two equals four. Well, okay. I... I know basic arithmetic, but I don't know the math behind a graph or what meme came around claiming that $5 billion was not spent on this and was spent on this or whatever. Well, that's okay, but that's more finance and stuff. Yes. Okay. So I generally don't repost that stuff. I don't share it myself because I'm just not sure. Because you don't understand it. Well, no, he, no, he, I don't. He doesn't want to look it up. <laughs> I haven't, I so, haven't researched so, it, so, so I'm just going to let is, it go. <laughs> right. It's not that you don't understand it. Is that you're lazy? Oh, lazy as fuck. Okay. Lazy and in, intellectually incurious about that particular stuff. This right. this past weekend was Labor Day weekend. I came home Friday after work. I didn't leave the house again until Tuesday morning. Wow. <laughs> I had a nice lazy lie-in weekend. You literally anyway. didn't leave the house? Pretty much. I think I walked Harpo once. Okay. Monday we can night. we can we can let that we can let that go. But like you didn't get in the car to go to the store or to go out and buy food. Never you just I, I had food. Wow. So I wow. just stayed in, watched a couple movies and shit. That's as bad as I am. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I cultivate my laziness. <laughs> cultivate. Well, I can't say that I did a whole lot Saturday because I was recovering from a really bad hangover. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Okay, giving Gary plenty of material to cut. <laughs> So, I, long story short, too late, I know, um, I usually don't repost political things because I just don't know where all the numbers are actually coming from. But I saw something last week that I was like, oh, this is just, this is why I'm an, you know, an activist about atheism and, and skepticism and all that. I reposted this thing. 
and I'll read it to you. Letters to the editor. Reader voices strong opinion on atheists. Quote, It's time to stomp out atheists in America. Would you like me to read that with this? It is a female after all. It is a female voice. If you would like to read it, that's fine. Just slowly and clearly with big mouth movements. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the way southern people talk with big mouths. Oh, we got big mouths. We just... No, wait a minute. Hold on. I, 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 I got to get my best Beulah voice on now. So. Beulah? All right. So it reads as thus. It's time to stomp out atheists in America. The majority of Americans would love to see atheists kicked out of America. If you don't believe in God, then get out of this country. The United States is based on having freedom of religion, speech, etc., which means you can believe in God any way you want. Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, etc. But you must believe. <laughs> must. I don't recall freedom of religion meaning no religion. Our currency even says, in God we trust, with quotes. I doubt that. <laughs> so, to all those atheists in America, get out of our country. Atheists have caused the ruin of this great nation by taking prayer out of our schools and being able to practice what we can only be called evil. I don't care if they've never committed a crime. Atheists are the reason that crime is rampant. Signed, Alex Shannon, Soldatna. I'm assuming that's how you. Yeah, I mean these kind of things get cyclically. Sure, but they the, come but the thing, but the thing about the language in that and the way it's said is we've. There we've are heard YouTube all of that before. There are YouTube clips of people saying like Brian exactly. Fisher. Sure, Brian Fisher. There's some preachers saying, "Get out." You know? um, yeah, if you don't like God, go to Iran's. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, do you think before you talk? So anyway, uh, so you got... So you. So I posted, posted this and was like, this is why I'm an atheist activist. If, if any of you are ever wondering, just think of this. Grr and arg and ma. I am an angry man who doesn't like people foisting their religion on me and I will shake my paper at you. Um, I will write a sternly written missive. Well, yeah. So, um, but someone fairly soon after I posted this um, pointed me to a a story on the Pen- Peninsula Clarion, which um, apparently this original editorial was posted in, and they they talked about the fact that um, this letter came in. The editors debated it about it because it had a local phone number and address and a name and everything. Um, and it was it was kind of controversial. They didn't know whether or not they should post it or not to their to their whether they should print it or not. I mean, and um, you know, was it libelous or anything like that? But they wanted to see how other readers w- would react. Yeah. Would there be a positive reaction in that people saying, "How can you say this about atheists?" Or would people start chiming in, saying, "Yeah, kick those atheists out" or anything <laughs> like that? And they, you know, this is a small little. Um, newspaper. Newspaper, thank you. Um, and they said they, you know, they got a whole, they got thirty letters or something like that. <gasps> oh which my god, thirty for for a little Probably town. Probably good for yes. Well, pretty, yeah. pretty big. Um, some were angry with her, with her and what she said, and some were angry with the editors themselves, saying essentially, if this was about Jews or blacks, you never would have posted this or printed it. And and yeah, they agree. Uh, most of them weren't condemning her 
but they were trying to enlighten her and say, listen, you don't seem to understand this is about, you know, patriotism, you know, look at the statistics of how few atheists are in prison and how many are involved in things like sciences and charity and blah, 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 blah. Um, and so there was a lot of back and forth, and eventually this kind of went viral, and they started getting letters outside of their local area. Yeah, which can't... In a, in a uh, wired world, that yes. happens quite quickly. Yeah. So, and, and that's one of those things where we really start to see people who actually full-on believe this getting called on their bullshit. Yeah. Because it used to be they would just be in some podunk little town, and they would say that in front of their church, and nobody cared. Yep. But now the news is everywhere. So eventually all these letters were going, it started getting viral, and then a couple weeks later, they got a letter from Mrs. Shannon again. And the letter read as thus. While I've been thoroughly entertained by the overwhelming number of passionate responses to my January 29th letter, it should probably be noted, as one, at least one leader, uh, writer speculated, it was a complete joke. I think it has run its course, and at this time, space in the letters to the editor section should be reserved for more important issues. So... <laughs> Basically, someone wrote this in, like we were talking earlier, in the style of someone who is that has that much vitriol about atheists, and sent it in to kind of, I don't know, not exactly hold the situation, but essentially, <laughs> kind of say this is the kind of shit we deal with all the time. Let's start paying attention to it, and people really did pay attention to it, and I got fooled. Yep, I got fooled by this as well, and I didn't do the research, and I'm a bad skeptic. I should be spanked. Well, not really. The thing about it is, is that it is a poe in the respect of you couldn't we possibly hear know. these things frequently. We hear it from people like Brian Fisher and whatever that guy is that runs the Seven Hundred Club that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, Robertson. Yeah, Pat Robertson. Or- we hear these things from major spokesmen all the time. Yeah. As well so, as the the small Louisiana churches, or Arkansas, or, or Texas, Texas, you know, who <laughs> for whatever reason want to spread the gospel on YouTube. But, so, well, so I, you know, I it's it's something I agreed that like yeah, this should be publicized as this is the kind of crap we get, and and I was I was wrong, I was fooled. So I I admit that I was wrong. Yay! Yay. So you must go watch ten Neil. DeGrasse Tyson videos to make up. As long as I don't have to watch Jesus Camp, I'll be good. <laughs> well, let's split the difference. You have to watch ten episodes of Degrassi High. <laughs> is that the name of the thing? Yeah. Junior Something High, like that. I think it Junior is. Junior Junior, whatever. whatever. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Another show I've never seen. Well, Greg, you got fooled, but you're, you're manning up, or you're humaning up to it, Yes, yes, I am. Personing, there is, a, there really isn't a. What would, what would be the non, the non the dis- gendered way to yeah. say manning Unge- up? Yeah, owned up. Yeah, yeah you, you owned up, up to it. Yes, like a man. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It is a really good thing that we actually know you and know that you are a true humanist and a, and and very respectful of women because yeah. otherwise I just have to beat the shit yeah, out of you. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing personal, but I could probably break you. Probably. I'm kind of a wuss. And I'd sell tickets. 
Yeah, <laughs> well, right. <laughs> what did I do? Wait a minute. No, beat him up. You're the one manning up to it. <laughs> it's all about like the a, man. Like a man. <laughs> it's all about the man. I'm just pointing it out. Just because I have the ovaries to admit that I made a mistake. <laughs> Y'all are just man trying to put this uppity woman back in her place. <laughs> Sit down. I she am is sitting, sitting right now. <laughs> As expected. Never mind. Hi, I am. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got food to talk about. People, food. We have food and calories and organic crap and fitness to to, to talk about. Um, turns out. According to science, <laughs> according to studies, <laughs> so just leave this gaping hole in the conversation. Turns out, according to science, according to an article that was sent to us by a listener. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm channeling Kirk. <laughs> You will be listening to this in your region. So, So, yeah, uh, Dr. Alley posted something on our super secret uh, about... Oh, wait, she posted about the organic, didn't she? Yeah, she posted about the organic Want to try that again? Yeah, let me try this again. Who posted the low calorie? Uh, Did I I post that? I think you did. (laughs) No, I posted the low calorie... The low calorie... What's your deal with short jokes today? (laughs) What? He said short, stupid. Never mind. Did? Yeah, a while ago. I was making. I'm the shortest one here. And once again, is this your way of of trying to, you know. (laughs) I am! I didn't know. I didn't do it! (laughs) Well, see here, what you didn't know. I'm just just the mirror being held up to life. Dr. Allison is the one who posted the one on the organics. Blame her! (laughs) Yeah, because she's not here. Yeah, it's all her fault. Low-calorie diets. Yeah, whatever, Dr. Alley. <laughs> anyway. I know post- she could kick your ass, too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I posted the one on the low-calorie and the monkeys. Uh, Dr. Alley's... <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was so funny about... I, I don't... Like that's a name of a band. Yeah, we finally have the name for our band. <laughs> Low calorie and the monkeys, which is totally uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah, that gives a whole new meaning to primate sexy time. And and low, low and new meaning to low calorie considering their burgers are probably not. No, not by any. I'm shape the one that posted the, the low calorie and the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Any sense? It's like a non sequitur. <laughs> the low cal- calorie study involves monkeys. Right. It says okay. they're right in the headline. Okay. okay, I posted that one. Dr. Allison was the first one to post about the organic food. Yeah. You actually posted about the third one, which is if you're fat, doesn't necessarily mean fat you're going to you know die soon. Your hands. <laughs> this whole thing's going to be an outtake. Let's not even worry about the. <laughs> Oh my god, it's the Christmas episode. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so, Greg, you posted in the super secret group about low-calorie diets don't make you live longer, 
Unless you're not a monkey. I thought I posted it to the main page. You may have posted it to the main page. I don't know. I've been kind of check? busy. No. No? No? Okay. Doesn't matter. Fine. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Birthday. Oh, my God. Did you... Okay. Like, totally <laughs> pissing me off. <laughs> Dag me with a spoon. Okay, so if you gagged on a spoon, would that be considered (laughs) be considered a low calorie? (laughs) I just want to ruin this take by actually singing a copyrighted song. Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Okay, didn't get to the part that's copyrighted. Okay, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) happy birthday, dear Gary! Happy birthday to you! Got them five cents. This tape can never ah, escape. But it wasn't my birthday, so therefore, we don't have to pay him anything. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how it works. Yeah, and isn't isn't there a uh, uh, fair uh, use? Right, yeah, fair use because we're just demonstrating that what the song is were it somebody's birthday. Yeah, you know what? Um, no. Yeah, I really don't think no, that they, don't they're think gonna <laughs> go with that one. So, Greg, you posted on the main site about low-calorie diets don't make you live longer, at least if you're a monkey. Yes. And haven't you always wanted a monkey? Yes, actually, really have. <laughs> Monkeys are cute and fun. And They're fling not so fun. Poo. Okay. They can be vicious they, animals. They fling poo, they and... rip your face off, and they hate midgets. I get that. I understand. I'm just saying that monkey ownership is not something that the average citizen should do. That's okay. Greg's not average. I'm below average. (laughs) You're outside the bell curve. (laughs) Racist. (laughs) Yes. So, Greg, you posted on the main... (laughs) We could get this out somehow. So what is it about monkeys and calories? (laughs) You can use that just cut out this little laughy part. Monkeys, (laughs) Monkeys, calories! <laughs> what the fuck? What the hell just happened? Why is my voice this high? Monkeys, calories, talk about it, go! <laughs> Let's just, solve this thing right now! This podcast Do monkeys eat calories? Are calories good for monkeys? Do calories care if they're eaten by a monkey or by a human? Greg, what do you think? I don't know. I think that this podcast self-destructed five minutes ago. That's what I think. Well, at least we can put it up and say, and this is why we don't have a podcast. Here's a podcast that isn't. That shouldn't be. Monkeys. (laughs) Don't help me, Gary. I am the master of timing tonight. <laughs> Diving. <sighs> okay, monkeys. Monkeys and calories. Shut calories up. and monkeys. Shut up. Birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you people. I swear to goodness, I'm gonna get you people somehow. Monkeys. Monkeys. Calories. Monkey. Monkeys. Calories. Food. <laughs> You got a monkey in my calorie. You got a calorie in my monkey. Mmm, tastes great. So as any good skeptic knows, there's been this study that has been going around um, based on kind of like a 19, 1930s study of mice where they essentially 
didn't starve the mice, but gave them a severely reduced calorie diet. And I remember that study. They okay. this the 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 results of that study had been kind of floating around, and people knew about it since the 1930s. But it was only in the 1980s that it really took off. That other people were like, "Hey, there's this thing with this old mouse study, and people, you know, these mice will live longer if you don't if you give them a re- severely reduced calorie diet." Right. And they they repeated it with things like worms and flies and <laughs> other mice and yeast or something. But that's all really basic life forms. Right. Real worms. They basically eat dirt. Yeah. So <laughs> it's hard to tell whether this was any good for people or not. Now, on the skeptical side, that didn't stop people from believing it anyway and just going ahead and changing their diet no matter what. Sure, never does. Finally, um, some people said, well, we should actually, you know, study this as close as we can get to humans. And about 25 years ago, so two groups took upon themselves to finally actually study this damn thing using um, rhesus monkeys or their, their thereabouts. So... Not full a on, little bit closer to humans. Yeah, not full on like great gorillas and great apes and all that, or chimpanzees or bonobos or anything, but monkeys. Okay, close enough. So they've been tracking this group of monkeys for about 25 years, and I think they had about 120 of these monkeys. So not a huge sample, but still, you know, not too bad. You you take half the monkeys. In this case, it was with the... University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio, uh, Stephen Osted, the Institute for Longevity and Aging Studies. So in this longevity and aging studies thing, they gave the control group the appropriate amount of food for their weight and height and age and all that, and then another group, they cut that by 30%. Right. To say, okay, if we pretty... I mean, that's pretty severe restriction. And according, according to the... The paper that, that you posted, it was effectively the same as like a six-foot person, six-foot man weighing mm-hmm. about 120, 130 pounds. So really skinny. And I'm six yeah. foot. Uh, I should weigh about 160 is my lowest that I should go. Yeah. So underweight it's, and underfed, but still surviving. Yeah. So, and they've tracked them over 25 years as many who stayed alive and they're, I don't know, some... 50 that are still alive, so there's some that have died along the way. They say, okay, with the control group versus the experimental group, has there been any difference in rates of cancer, rates of cardiovascular stuff, rates of early death? And it's been about the same. So this kind of seems to refute that idea. And the interesting part is there was another group up in Wisconsin, I think it was the University of Wisconsin, yes, Um, they were doing a similar experiment with, um, I don't know if it was the same kind of monkeys, but um, there were some differences like the University of Wisconsin study allowed the control monkeys to eat as much as they wanted to. So they could gorge themselves if they wanted to. They could be overweight, and some of them were. The 2009 study from Wisconsin said, actually, we found a difference. And if we restricted calories, then the monkeys lived longer. But this new study says, no, actually, if you have the the appropriate amount of calories versus a restricted, there was no improvement whatsoever. So you might, essentially, the conclusion would be, you might as well eat the actual appropriate amount of food for your weight and body type. So that seems to put a big kind of 
kibosh on this whole idea of if you starve yourself, you'll win, you'll live longer. Right now, even it, the interesting thing to me, skeptically wise, about this article is the researchers themselves, who work for places called the Longevity and Aging Studies, are still so hell bent on wanting to believe that this is true. That even though a study can pretty, I mean, 120 subjects, not great, but pretty obviously showed there wasn't a big difference, at least not statistically different. Right. And then you look at the Wisconsin study where they let monkeys eat as much as they wanted to, and if they controlled for that, it showed the same null result. Yeah. These are a couple of fairly long-term studies where they showed this, and they've, you've still got people like... Um, Mark Watson, Mark Matson, the, the chief doc, of the lab? The Dr. Austin that I was talking about, he said, his reaction was absolute disbelief. Even though the authors are well-respected calorie restrictors, people said that the results... Um, People said the result was not interesting, and there was something weird about the mice. Because they'd done <laughs> other studies with mice, yeah. um, where they said, you know, well, if we had a more, more um, if we compared wild mice to lab mice, the wild mice, there was no effect, so there's something weird about the lab mice. Or if you did the study with a more varied genetic um, population of mice, didn't seem to make much of a difference. So maybe some lab mice have been spe- specially bred to eat less. So it, it puts a big nail in the coffin of this idea that if you starve yourself, you'll live longer. But you still got people believing and and wanting to believe that to such the point that even though they wrote this study, they'll say things like, "Well, I still believe it'll make you live longer. Yeah. I still believe it'll make you feel healthier." And that's the kind of thing that makes you cringe about some of these science reports where they actually had a result that's like, you know, it's contradicting what you originally thought, but they still want to cling on to that, yeah. which kind of sucks. Yeah, and, and part of that, I think, maybe because there's there's a growing health fad, the, the paleo diet, which is, you know, that's supposed to be fit and... And trim, but the the idea behind it that in paleo, Paleolithic times humans didn't get a lot of food, and so it was fast and famine. Uh, fast and famine. Feast or feast, fam- feast or, or famine, which leads you let, into let them get out. <laughs> feast or famine. But that's also leading into that. The, there's a theory in the anthropological circles called the thrifty gene hypothesis that basically said humans are designed. That in times of abundance to put fat on, yes. and then in so that when there are those famine times, you can you have that extra fat. It's primarily related to women of childbearing age, um, and what the for the long time um, James Van Neal, who uh, was the original originator of the uh, thrifty gene hypothesis. Um, he was trying to tie it into the rise in diabetes now, hmm. basically saying that we had that type, we, we, we were predisposed to putting on fat in during times of abundance, and now that we just have this overwhelming all-the-time abundance, that explains the rise in, in diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah. But <laughs> what it's not explaining is is like the rise in insulin resistant diabetics and everything else. So yeah, I mean, we that's just, coming they're just being ornery. Yeah, but we—I mean—we just simply don't have enough data on that because we don't 
because the science has not progressed. Yeah. Until now, we can figure out with a you know a pinprick whether you know your your insulin levels and all that. They didn't have that. Um, you know, twenty thirty years ago, much less. Hundred thousand, <laughs> fifty thousand. That kind of doesn't need to be said, I suppose. So the so what you're saying is there may have been times when people had really high glucose levels back then, and it wasn't a big deal because it was just part of their natural boom and bust cycle. Sure. And but we don't know. I mean, yeah. we if we could if we could get some of the people to go on the fad diets to you know go to the doctors a lot and have the doctors pay attention to what's going on. We might actually have a crap load of data. No. Maybe, maybe what the that's what the Lose It app. Uh, what I want <laughs> is every single stupid college vegetarian who just thinks they can eat bread and salads to actually you know go to a doctor and say, no, you're not being healthy. Yeah, but... I went to know, a very, a lot, very a lot. liberal stool, school and had a lot of those kind of stupid college vegetarians. Yeah, just, but are those the same vegetarians who said, oh, yeah, you know, I eat chicken. <laughs> I wear leather shoes. Yeah. Well, that's no, not vegan. so much. Yeah. But they're kind of finding out that if you're obese or just you know, overweight, well, just say obese, um, you may that may not be bad for you. You may uh, not be completely unhealthy like everybody yeah. thinks you are. Yeah. Uh, or like I am. Right. Uh, there are certain types of metabolisms and certain types of bodies, I guess, or chemistries in the bodies where being obese obese doesn't do any harm to the person other than the fact that they're obese. So as far as um, risk of dying of heart disease or cardiovascular disease, they've got the same uh, risk as someone who's healthy. Yeah, they, they, they basically took a whole bunch of people. They had 43,000 participants in That's this. That's a lot. Where they had questionnaires and they took lifestyle histories. They did a physical exam, a treadmill test for cardiovascular fitness, height, waist, weight, and all that, and then body fat percentage, which is really what they centered in on. Yep. And after taking a look at their body fat versus their cardiovascular hip fitness and their blood pressure, their cholesterol, and all that glucose kind of fun stuff, they found that there was a population of obese people who would, the way I interpreted it, especially they had essentially adapted to being obese, where they didn't have the risk factors of high blood pressure or um, high glucose being bordering on diabetes or diabetes. And um, so they didn't have increased list, risks of cancer. They were called metabolically healthy. Yeah. And they found that uh, 46% of those of the obese population were that way. And essentially, that seems to describe me, because I am obese. I am too big for the the height I am. I'm trying to do better, and I've actually lost some weight in yay. recent weeks, so yay me. Um, but I've always had right on that average of 120 over 80 blood pressure. Border, you know, Cholesterol was okay, not great, but okay, and... Uh, um, no glucose levels really high, so my body had essentially adapted to the weight it was, and I'm not as unhealthy as I should be for my weight. Sure, and but they also found in one of the the mice studies uh, on the on the uh, the reduced calories, like a third of the mice didn't weren't affected by the diet at all. I mean, mm-hmm. ge- I think I think the point is that genetically. Everyone is, has their own place they should be, and that their body is going to 
to work at. So, generally speaking, I think everybody wants to be thin, yeah. you know, and, and fit and can run away from the zombies and everything. But about half the population, probably their bodies just don't give a damn. Yeah. You know? There, there have been times when I haven't been as fat as I am, but I've never been thin. I've always kind of had a bit of a barrel chest and just kind of been not... Husky. Uh, yeah, husky, husky, whatever you want to call it. So <laughs> there's there's a certain amount of big bodenness or whatever you want to call it. And, and this ACLS study um, shows that, yeah, I'm actually okay as long as I... The, a big big factor in this was, well, were the people exercising in some way, shape, or form, hmm. which seems to help a lot and and accounts for the fact that they may still be overweight, but their heart is healthy, and yeah. that's something that's very important. And you know, I'm trying to, yeah. I'm personally trying to lose weight because I have in my my head the idea of I don't, I can't think of that many eighty or ninety year old people or older who are really fat. That would be uh, true. Uh, except you've never been to South Texas. <laughs> true. I don't go to Walmart a lot either. But I, <laughs> yeah, but I don't I, think the, the I don't, I don't think you'll find that those are people are thinner. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of that is because bones lose density, and at yeah. some point, yeah. maybe maybe they're just stuck at home. You never see them out because they true can't, they can't get around on that much weight. So, in order to be out and about in some way, when I'm older, hopefully. I need to lose weight to a certain extent and not be as fat as I am now. Yeah. And just makes me feel a little better about myself and healthier. I can do more stuff. But uh, So thank you to the ACLS study, which sure. uh, stands for, in, um, by the way, the Aerobic Center Longitudinal Study. Yay! You got through it! Yay! But now, the, now the cool thing about, about you trying to, to lose weight, Greg, is... It turns out that you don't have to spend more on your veggies, your fruits and vegetables, because apparently than, than you think you might. Because it appears organic food ain't no better for you than just the regular H E B stuff. Well, that wasn't a problem for me anyway, because <laughs> I like the idea of I can buy, I don't know. Six apples over here, they're just the regular apples compared to two, if they yep. were the organic ones that are really pricey, I can buy more and eat more fruits and vegetables there and fill myself up on that sure. rather than the place I really want to go, the chips and cookies aisle. <laughs> so desperately want to go there. <laughs> I know how you feel. So what about organic stuff? Well... It's not no any better. more nutritious for you than non-organic stuff. Yeah, uh, all the stuff that it, they're that they're putting on it, uh, that the non-organic farmers are putting on it to, I don't know, increase yield, uh, let it grow in uh, worse conditions, keep the bugs off. Yeah, isn't soaking in, isn't hurting anybody. Yeah, they they essentially found that non-organics had a little bit more pesticide residue on them. When you got them, but um, Steve Novella, who blogged about, about this pretty recently, said, all you really have to do is wash it, and you're good, and they're comparable. Yeah. So, you know, the, essentially, the strawberry you buy is going to be a strawberry. Whether you raised it using just manure and picking out the weeds, or you used a smaller amount of conven- conventional fertilizer and smaller amount of pesticides because it's become much more efficient. 
Yeah. Than I, having to just dump loads and loads of manure and loads and loads of old pesticides that are just seemed more natural. What I what I found really interesting in that in that paper was that organic farms were less polluting for a given mm. area of land, but were more often polluting per unit of food produced. Probably mostly because they can only and produce, produce so much. much. But yeah, it was that interesting thing, you yeah. know. Well, there's also like the the idea of there's there's more of an economy of scale with conventionally grown food. So these these mega farms that aren't great in some ways, especially when it's raising meat and stuff like that, because of the conditions the animals are under. But they have these economies of scale of transportation, especially, which means yeah. they're using less fossil fuels to transport the stuff to you and your your or your um, distribution centers and stuff like that. So I'm going to buy the regular old carrots and lettuce and whatever and and try to eat healthy. Yeah, yeah, you there's, should, there's but you should you should read the read the comments on this article because of <laughs> course the, the moment you say anything against oh yeah, uh, sure. any wooey type of thing. You know, it it kind of makes sense you would think a little bit that organically so-called, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes, but no one uh, in the podcast it's, world... It's hard to define what organic is yeah. in the first place, but go ahead. And, but, I mean, you'd think, okay, if you don't use all these chemicals on the food, then the food should be a little bit better for you because you don't get the seep, the seep of the chemicals leaching into right. the soil, into the food. But it appears that um, a lot of that it gets filtered out by the plant itself, and, but but the, but the, the the reverse part of that is a lot of the non-organics, you know, the, the chemical farms they keep bugs out, you know, so you're actually getting healthier food in in total because you don't have the problem with the bugs feeding on it, and then I mean. I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do. You know, when I was younger, you would get the worm in the apple. You don't get worms in apples anymore. You know, or or part of the the cucumber chewed off at the end. You know, now if you go to the local farmers market, yeah, you're yeah. gonna find something like that, but not in the in the grocery stores. And I think that's a good thing because yeah. you can actually get more food out, and like you said, you can get more healthy food for a lower price, especially right now. With Texas in the drought and the Mideast, Middle, sorry, the Midwest, <laughs> Midwest Middle East, the Midwest in the drought, Ohio, uh, up through Iowa, all those places, they're having trouble growing stuff and having the, the pesticides and other, and other chemicals to help them grow gets more food and keeps the food lower, lower cost. Also, probably gets into a bigger discussion about things like genetically modified foods that are made to have higher yields and have shorter stalks and quicker growing seasons, all that sort of stuff. You know what? Probably too much to get into right now, but uh, go ahead and make your point. We have been modifying foods since we planted our first plant as, as, as the human race. I mean, if you look at the evolution of corn, as, as an example, thousands of years ago, a, a stalk of corn was no bigger than your finger. And it's teosinte, you know. Hence the term cornhole. Okay. Wow. Really? You went there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. <laughs> but in, in that response, though, with genetically modified foods and how we're producing foods to be better uh, bug-resistant, better drought-resistant and everything, it has come at the cost, and that cost is flavor. Some of the organic farms, the food does actually just yeah, taste better. Yeah, those organic better. farmers don't taste very good. No, but their produce does. <laughs> so you're, you're saying organic food tastes better? Sometimes. There's like tomatoes, to like heirloom tomatoes, but versus do, some do you, of the crap you, that you get. Now, it. are you buying organic from the store, or are you buying it from the farmer's market? Farmer's market. Okay. Now, what's the difference, then? The difference is that the stuff that you buy at the store has been frozen. Yeah. And the stuff you're buying at the f- farmer's market is fresh up the vine. And, yeah, there is a huge difference in taste from an apple that's picked off directly and an apple that's been frozen for, for a couple months. Up to two years. Yeah, and the same and the same thing with tomatoes. I, you know, tomatoes fresh off the vine, cucumbers fresh off the vine, zucchini, great stuff. When it's fresh, fantastic. And that's a, that's a good point, though, is... The way that food is sold and harvested now and, and how we get it, it does change the, the way we eat. Because I, I imagine that I would work even harder to get to eat more fresh vegetables if they were a little bit more readily accessible. You know, uh, They're right there in the grocery aisle. No, they're not, they're, they're not fresh. They're not fresh. really they're not they're fresh off the. It's not. It's not like when you go to the farmers market, they've picked them and they brought it in. They might be frozen for maybe a week or so, but they're not stuck in the deep freeze. They're, I seem to remember somewhere that there was some kind of taste test they did of saying, "Can you tell which is the organic one and which isn't?" No, and they couldn't tell. But that's 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 a, that's a different point. There there's there's probably no difference between the taste of an organic and a non-organic vegetable. There's a huge taste difference between a fresh vegetable and a frozen vegetable that's been thawed. There's I, a, there's I a can't smell. remember the, the specifics of the t- taste test, so I'm I know, just going to let you keep uh, going. But there's, I mean, there's there's a there's a smell difference. That, anyway, that that's my yeah. experience from it, and I'm going to stick by. It. Yeah, the the one of the kind of related notes is I think it was Novella was talking about the idea that. When it comes to nutrition, it's not organic versus non-organic. No, it, it's, yeah, it, is it at its ripe stage? When it's at its ripe yeah. stage, that's when its its nutrition value is at its peak. If it's pre-ripened or if it's overdone, then whether it's organic or not, it's still it's not going to be as good for you. you. Know, and I just want to make this bitch because this is another just complaint. I love How this dare whole you talk d- about Steve Novella that way? No, wow. I'm not talking about him. But this whole argument over organic versus non-organic, it's like plastic food versus, I don't know, real food. Yeah. Because the fruits and vegetables that you buy at HEB or Safeways or whatever, it's still organic. It's still, (laughs) you know, food substance. You're not buying rocks and trying to eat them. Good point. Yeah, you know, it's just one of the. I, it's I, yeah, call it a nitpick. It's one of those semantic arguments that you just want to smack some because it's, it's uber somebody, vegan, organic, right, it's somebody whatever. who's trying to sound better trendy than you. and yeah. better yeah. when what the reality is is completely the opposite. Yeah. Exactly. It's more of it's more of corporate versus locavore. And we've seen in these kind of studies that you have some people who um, will will 
read these kind of meta-analyses on 200 studies about all these different organic versus conventionally grown foods and saying that there's no difference in nutrition and they'll still say no matter what no i th- i still think it's healthier it's like yeah. going back to that earlier study that we started with of despite the fact that the numbers tell you there's no difference or there is a difference there's this just it's really religious people people point of will view believe to say i'm going to stick with my belief yeah. despite what the numbers tell me yeah people will believe what they want to believe you know, people will believe that it's safer to drive a car than fly a plane. Well, yeah. I mean, sorry, to be in a plane that's being flown because a lot of people can't fly a plane. It may well be dangerous for someone to fly a plane fly versus, yeah. has no experience <laughs> flying a plane. Yeah, in that, that case, would be- I would say it's more dangerous for you to fly a plane. But <laughs> I'll, ju- I'll back off of that anyway. Um, so... Um, what we got next? So, was there some other food art- article that you wanted to talk about, Gary? Uh, well, there was <laughs> there was one about uh, if you how 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 it, it it was kind of an interesting uh, Wednesday because most of these popped up today. Mostly, uh, but it, we had a, a couple of days of uh, obesity studies just come in at the same time and one of them what had to do with plaque forming in the brain from from obese people so so we had okay clarify that <laughs> and causing causing dementia and, and alzheimer's okay it's not the mere presence of obese people that causes plaque and alzheimer's oh yeah, yeah you're talking about people who eat a lot who have suffer who who suffer from a great deal of plaque that seems to be no, correlated it was, no, it was with being their around, eating. Being, just being around them. It was okay. Yeah, they they exude dementia. So you guys are fucked. <laughs> you hang no, out you, with me yeah, every week. Obese um, rats or mice. Sorry, obese mice were tested. Racist. Again, this is uh, not necessarily equivalent no. to humans, but biologically speaking, it may be similar. And they just they found that. Uh, fat mice uh, were getting dementia. They were developing these kind of buildups in the Al- brain. Yes, that well, leads to they're Alzheimer's. They're probably and- building plaque everywhere. Sure. In their heart, bloodstreams, all of that jazz, and naturally, it's going to build up in their brain. Yeah. So there, there's so many different studies. It's like you know, some some people, so. <laughs> Uh, some people. Some people. So we we just had a, a fairly large study where half of the obese people had no problems whatsoever, uh, as far as their cardiovascular health was concerned. You know, but were uh, I would imagine that maybe joints were under a lot more pressure. So, it's, uh, these studies never do anything except for one sort of specific portion. And they don't follow up on like, oh well, why don't we get these same people while we're at it, and <laughs> and check their check their knees, for example, or give them a, a brain scan and, and see if there's you know plaque building up in there because it's, it's money and it's yeah. every single little confounding factor that you add back into a study it makes, makes it doing harder. the statistics a right pain in the ass. And I took two Absolutely. statistics course in college for psychology, and oh my god, you want to just keep things as simple as possible you want to weed out 
you know, races, economic class, um, education levels. I heart multivariant statistics. Yeah. It's, just so you know, I heart yeah. it. Okay. I love that shit. So <laughs> maybe you want to keep it out. I'm all for adding it in. Yep. I like matrices You just like too. your life complicated, don't you? Yeah, I'm a fucking filmmaker. I love fucking complicated. So, so the other the other thing is, it'd be interesting if they tried to correlate this study with with the mice to actual Alzheimer's um, uh, statistics in the United States of 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 the people who have Alzheimer's of the people who have Alzheimer's, how many of them are actually obese? Or at one point, maybe pr- prior to them having Alzheimer's, because it tends to happen later in life. And like you said, uh, a lot of people, you don't see a lot of old, very obese people, right? So um, that's a whole other thing. But it, were they were they obese prior, you know, did they have a like a 10-year, 20-year span where they, they were overweight? That would be interesting. On the other hand, how could you find out? Because they kind of got Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow, you went there. Totally went there. <laughs> totally went you know, there. You know, if we believed in hell, we'd be going there. Yeah. You say that every fucking week, Don. <laughs> We're atheists. God damn it. Well, it's true. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, basically, be <laughs> be healthy, people, is the point. Try and be as healthy as you yeah. possibly can be, uh, given your lifestyle and the problems that you... Uh, yeah, but you know what? Here. Some of the problems with losing weight are not just the low-fat diet. Yeah. Because there was that recent study that came out from the British Psychology Journal, uh, British Psychology Society, right. that said sometimes it's more about how you your brain is processing the ideas of being obese and everything else and taking drugs to lose weight that brain interaction is actually affecting how well the drugs work yeah. and that there needs to be that emphasis between the drugs and the low fat diet and the exercise rather than just saying okay this is going to solve everything well it doesn't necessarily have to be low fat as long as it's low calorie that's the bi- right. the biggest thing they found over the last whatever years of studies is, in the end, it's really calories in versus calories out. It's really what it boils down to. You can it, sure it doesn't matter if you're doing Atkins or carb only. If you're trying to if you're limiting your calories, you're going to lose weight. Yes, but um, the type of food does in- impact on how healthy you'll be when you lose a bit. Uh, or, sorry, lose the weight. Not that. Because you can go on the all-Twinkie diet and just have enough Twinkies to get you through the days and maybe just take, you know, the whatever pills, uh, vitamins that you need to, to keep you going. But that's a lot of fat. You know? True. And you'll lose weight, but then you'll be clogging, you'll be you'll be thin and have clogged arteries. <laughs> and, and a corollary to that is what what I'm actually doing at this point is I'm I'm not telling myself that I can't have chocolate or cookies or whatever. I'm just saying I'm not going to have it at home, which yeah. is where I am most of the time when I'm eating. And that's that's and really a good way to do it. The- so when I go out with friends, if we have dessert with dinner or there's someone with cake at the office, exactly. 
I can indulge that self so I'm not losing that that crave so I'm satisfying that craving right. for the occasional treat without without kind of going overboard one way or the other cuz people who try to eliminate something entirely from their diet like if they if they say all right no carbs ever I'm doing full on Atkins or whatever <laughs> There's a part of the body that craves carbs, and yeah. if you try to make it that I'm never going to do that ever again, it's not going to work. It's a lot easier with, say, drinking or drugs or smoking to just not do it because you can survive without doing that. Right. You have to eat, and your body has cravings for certain foods. You're, there's a reason why we crave fruits and sugars and stuff like that, because it was a rarity, and it made us... It helped us out when we sure. were evolving, so now we just really like that, and we make and now and now you have to understand that your body really likes that stuff, and so you can't always be putting it in your mouth every time your stomach goes or your your tongue goes. I need a cookie. Yes. <laughs> so well, it just I helps. need a cookie should translate into you should have some grapes. Well, I, yeah. My response to I need a cookie is damn, I don't have any in the house. But next I'll time I'll have some grapes instead. Yeah, or or a nice tasty apple with some yep. peanut butter. <laughs> maybe, maybe perhaps. Or you eat something where you also get some cardiovascular activity. But we're not talking about primate sexy time right now. No, we're not. Even though we had primates, but they, they were kind of starvy, starvy, oh, starvy, starvy primates. Heroin chic. Looking heroin chic, <laughs> and there was some article that I saw earlier today about um, I think that whole that whole thing with the 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 women and and sperm and and semen being good for them and um, I am totally using yeah. that study to my advantage. Yeah, that seems to go around <laughs> every once in a while on on uh, on the Facebooks, yeah. but. Uh, that's a discussion for some other time. Yeah, that, that'll be a primate sexy time one. But, uh, maybe next week. Maybe next week. Or maybe something really interesting or horrible will happen in the meantime. Let's you want something horrible not. to happen just no, so no. we have shit to talk about? No, I'm podcast? saying that some, often we think, oh, this, there's this great... You know, like you'll, you'll post this anthropological type thing to the, the website and it's like, oh, I'm saving this for next week. We'll talk about it then. And then some other new thing comes out and, well, you want it's to talk about it, but you're discarded. going to talk about the other one because yeah. it's newer and it's fresher in your head. Um, it's like writing songs. You never play the old songs. You always play new songs because the new songs are warmer to your heart than the old songs who kind of lost their flavor, even though no one's ever heard them. Ever. Make new friends but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold. I don't think I'm singing the right melody to that one. No. I'm kind of scared now. <laughs> All right. So we hope that you're still our friends after this episode. We're not going to do a lightning round this week. No, I think we already laughed at ourselves enough. Yeah. So uh, I think I think you, if if you're listening to this still at the end of the podcast. I think you should go to iTunes and say that we're awesome and give us, give us, uh, what are those things called? A review. review. <laughs> give us a review. Review us on iTunes or. Wait a minute, you want to ask for a review on this episode? <laughs> sure, why not? Okay. No, it's probably a bad idea. Yeah. 
whatever. Just just re- review us on the the glowing recommendation that you still have in your brain. The last time we made you laugh and made you think. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Good. Or go like us on Facebook or yeah. And and tweet when at you us or... and when you like us on Facebook, drop us a little note saying, "Hey, I read this. I thought you guys might find this interesting." We yep. love it when you share studies, uh, yes. share articles with us, and 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 we will read. Yeah, because it really makes our job a little bit easier. Oh, Sciencey, atheisty, critical thinky, sexy, funny, sexy, sexy. Are not nothing not like so any of us at all. Yeah, pretty much. Speak for yourself. I'm dead sexy. Yeah, but you ain't critical thinky. Nope. Kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, we will see you guys yeah, next, next week. week. Or not see you. Once again, well, I fucked that up. Or you'll listen to us next week? It's, yeah. It's fine. You can say see you next week. It's it's. People will understand All right, exactly we'll see you next Thursday. You Bye. But you don't post on Thursdays. That really wasn't the point of that. Do we ever really have a point at the end of the show? No. The more you know. What does what does Skeptic see you next Thursday spell? And knowing no, is half don't. the battle. We don't care. No, we don't. Well, it's just like CBS when they say CBS cares. Yes, and CBS cares about my money and about the fact that I'm, you know, sitting in front of the TV with a bag of Cheetos in my pajamas going, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm watching this." Well, <laughs> That's what they care about. I think I we don't... found out one network Donna's never going to work for. <laughs> CBS. Yeah, but I don't I mean, you know, you don't give CBS money directly. It's all indirectly through through advertisements, right? Yes, but they want me sitting there in my pajamas eating my Cheetos. When that ad for, say, Cheetos comes up. No, they want you sitting there if you have a Nielsen box. We'll get into that in a couple episodes, perhaps. Yeah, no. (laughs) Which reminds me, I think, yeah, Arthur C. Nielsen, the the guy who invented Nielsen's ratings, it's his birthday today, too. Oh. It was also Freddie Mercury's, and that made me very sad today. Yep. Loudon Wainwright III, folk singer. Yeah. Rufus Wainwright's father. Okay. okay. For you youngins. Well, uh, well, <laughs> we, if, we, if we if we if we I want, I think you were the youngest youngin here. Yeah, pretty much. I was talking about the listeners. Well, if you're going to be in San Antonio on September 21st, Gary and I oh, will yeah. be uh, playing at Big Bob's Burgers, rocking the Bobs from seven to <laughs> ten p.m. and original music, which you may or may not have heard on the podcast before, especially if you're a new listener, and um, covers. And other stuff that you definitely haven't heard on the podcast. Yes. So, come on out to Big Bob's Burgers and make us look really neat. Please. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. fans and groupies. Make and us <laughs> look really neat. That would be swell. <laughs> and maybe, at the end, Greg will let you wear his Letterman jacket. Yeah, and we can all go out for ice cream. And no, then we go I'm and buy molded. stuff off of AdamEve.com. <laughs> That's right. One of these is things. And is then not like the we'll other. go to a 50s orgy. Or a key party. Is that what they called a sock off? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know what the sock was used for. <laughs> yes! All right, on that note, we will see you guys next, next week. week. 
The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Any birthdays today? <laughs> no idea we had birthdays. Birthdays. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, you're gonna love something later on in the podcast. <laughs> okay, I believe that it's time for me to make my exit. Uh, I think okay. both of us. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, birthdays. You, yes, do you birthdays. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You bastard. Birthdays. <laughs> Days of birth. Does anybody actually want to get home tonight? Yes. <laughs> so please cut it the fuck out. Okay. Okay. Birthdays. <laughs> sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. No, you're seriously not. I'm, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> At least not for another five minutes. <laughs> All right, Greg. <laughs> I think you broke him. I think I did. Uh, that was so easy. Need a laugh. Yeah. All right, so we have. <laughs> dizzy. Don't do that again, Greg. Nope, you're not a dog drawing yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm a monkey drawing myself. Monkey. Well, at least he centered himself finally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So is any... <laughs> I'm sorry. So ready. Closed my eyes, took a deep breath out instead of in. I opened my eyes to finish that sentence. I got Donna covering her face. Gary, his face is all screwed up like, oh, God, got to hold it in. Oh, my God, I hate you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Greg. That's okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think I've laughed this hard in so long. Not since, no, not since.